Creative Connectors, a podcast for curious minds. My name's Vicky Keeler, and I'll be chatting to the makers and creators who aim to connect and inspire through the platform of festivals. We'll be delving into how they show up in the world, why they do what they do, their journey, inspiration, and everything in between. So sit back and enjoy the chat, because who knows where these conversations are going to go. And if this is your kind of podcast, please subscribe, follow, share with friends, and get involved and give some feedback. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking to a ruler, Chelsea Kirby. She is a musician, sound healer, and movement teacher. So thank you for coming on and having a chat. Of course. Happy to be here. I would love to kick off in understanding and you sharing a little bit about your journey with music and yeah where it began and how that has led you to be involved in the world of festivals and events. Mm. So my journey with music definitely started as a child. Um, I think the first thing that I said that I wanted to be when I grew up was you know, a famous musician or a rock star, something like that. Um, over the years, that was kind of always what I was, that was my dream. Um, when I was little, I was typically found dancing around the living room of my parents' house, singing along to their music, which of course I just feel really fortunate that I was introduced to so much good music. Um, they have great taste in music and just remember dancing around to, you know, Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and the Bangles and <laughs> just David Bowie, all the things. Um, and just like singing into like a spoon or, or some kind of fake microphone. And, um, and then from there, my, my love only continued to grow over the years. When I was a teen, I was recording, um, my first, you know, cassette tape albums nice. <laughs> with my like little <laughs> keyboard and I was directing music videos. I literally have this memory of my mom letting us borrow her, um, her camera, her video recorder. And I was having my sister both record and like do effects. So she had to turn the light switch on and off really fast <laughs> while recording to add these like effects for Love me to it. be the star. And like I was singing and dancing. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely been a part of my life ever since I was since I was really young. Amazing. Yeah, it kind of makes me think. I remember recording like little radio shows with a friend on cassettes mm -hmm. and recording music oh, yeah. off the radio and things like that. Yeah, um, we did that too, yeah. <laughs> it's like a classic. Um, and so, so with all that kind of inspiration from your parents and, and music being super connected to you and, and how you liked to express, how did that transpire to, I guess, your first experience of festivals or performing at festivals? Was it a natural progression or what was your first festival? Was that like a lightning bolt and you're like, wow, what is this thing? Yeah, so it's interesting because um, I don't think it was necessarily a natural progression. It was definitely a journey that was not linear and it definitely took me some to some different places. Um in myself and my self-growth, I actually, um, I kind of put music out of my life for a while when I was about 
mm, I'd say around 19 to like my mid twenties, um, I really somehow became, you know, under the influence of societal pressures and norms, which was that, you know, you musicians don't make money. That's not a career. That's not something you can do. You need to choose um, something that's going to make money. You know, that was really reinforced. Um, And I don't blame that on anyone in particular. I think, you know, my parents, even though they supported my love of music, they they were just coming from their own conditioning of maybe not being able to see that as a career or what their, Mm. you know, parents had told them what society tells us. So for a long time, I, um, I was pursuing this other path of studying international relations. Um, that's what I went to college for. And I was, you know, I was working all these different, um, corporate environments. I was, um, working in sales when I was around 19, I just kind of like fully pursued this career world along with and eventually studying and going to school. Um, and then looking back on that period of my life, there was definitely something that was missing. I didn't feel like myself. I wasn't expressing, I wasn't playing music. I had like shoved it down so deep and repressed it. Um, and I just remember one day, like I was working this corporate job and I went into the bathroom and I just had a full on breakdown, like meltdown, crying and realizing that something was missing in my life. And it was my, my joy of expressing. It was that I hadn't done music. I hadn't been singing. I hadn't been playing, um, definitely hadn't been performing or anything like that. So that was when I started to kind of make my way back around to this love and really started to devote my life um, more and more to music over the years. Um, so I would say that it wasn't until my late twenties that I kind of started to get introduced to festival culture, um, just meeting different friends. I think the first festival I went to was actually a reggae world music festival. Nice. It's really sweet and beautiful. A good one that used to happen here called Sierra Nevada. And, um, And then as I was getting back into music, I was playing with different groups and different bands. Um, And yeah, I think, trying to remember when my first festival performance was, it might have been like a symbiosis or the Oregon Eclipse when I did something here with people. And um, yeah, and from there, it's just been this continual evolution of growing co-creating creating my own sound defining my own sound um over the years I've been doing things that are I would call prayer formants where there's a lot of different visual elements on the stage as well and I've had dancers and choreography and um interesting unique instruments and, and just all the things and that's what really lights me up and that's what I'm excited for in this next evolution of uh performance and live sets um, hopefully in the near future. So. Amazing. And I guess, yeah, going back to that moment where you did sort of have that kind of breakdown and that, that realization, was it really clear to you that music was the answer or did it take speaking to people or was there anybody else around you who helped to, I guess, bring that to the forefront and then encourage you to lean into it? Like, have you, had any mentors over the years that have supported your journey in in different shapes and forms? Mm -hmm. Yes. um, 
I have had many mentors over the years. I've been very, um, very blessed to have some really great ones. I think around that time, I don't know if it was necessarily clear right away that it was music that was missing. I knew that it was to some degree, but it was more just the, I would say the self-expression, dancing, moving, doing things that just light me up and bring me joy. Um, I had really put those things off in my life to focus on what I thought was important because that's what I was told that was important at the time. Um, And so once I decided that I did want to come back into my voice and into my expression, I started working with a vocal coach um, who did kind of a different take on vocal lessons. It was more about um, expressing through your, it was, it was like a spiritual voice lesson, really expressing Ooh. your unique essence through your voice. And that was really supportive and helpful and expansive during that time. Um, and then over the years, of course, I've had great um, mentors for things like Ableton for music production. Um, so, so grateful to have so many people who have supported me and helped me get to where I am today. And then of course, still ready. There's always more to learn. So I'm actually calling in my next mentor during this time. So yeah, amazing. Um, and so when you went to that reggae festival or any of the kind of earlier festivals that you experienced, how did that feel? What was it that resonated and how did you feel like these needed to be something that were more involved in your music and your trajectory moving forward? Mm. I think when I started attending festivals, it was just transformational right from the beginning. Um, I hadn't lived in California very long when I had started and I was like, wow, this exists, you know, and it was really just this illustration of freedom of groups of people coming together from all walks of life, um, being connected through music, through dance, through celebrating life is really what I think of when I think of festivals. And that was something that was really apparent right away and almost, you know, kind of like addicting in a way like it pulls you in and you're like well can we just do this all the time because this is amazing (laughs) this is what life should be about (laughs) I think many people who attend festivals would attest to that you know there is you want more you want more because it really just shows so much of the good and the beauty in the world when people come together around these I don't necessarily want to say common um you know, values, but just the common themes mm. with, we're there to celebrate life is really what it feels like. Yeah. I think it's, it's almost like it creates this stark contrast and question as to why do we live the lives that we live outside of festivals? Mm-hmm. And when you're in that moment, it feels like this could just be the world, but mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in our society, sadly, it's not always feasible that every element of life can feel like a festival. What do you see as the role that festivals play in culture and society today? I think, yeah, just kind of going back to it being this, um, safe place for expression for people from all different walks of life to come together and just 
be themselves and not only be themselves, but try on these different aspects of themselves, get curious, um, experiment, you know, in a multitude of ways. And I just think that is, we need these spaces in the world. We need these containers and it's really a path to healing for so many of us, um, to be like kids again and to just play and to celebrate and I think that festivals play an important role in culture and society because it's kind of this illustration or this microcosm of what could be Mm. if we are able to do this more in everyday lives and you know I know a lot of people have been to Burning Man there's the whole theme of how do we carry this on into our everyday lives? Like not just during this time together, but how do we live more in this way all the time? And I do really think that it has an impact on society. Um, Definitely being here in the Bay, I feel that, you know, I feel that there is some altruism in the values. I do feel as though what we experience and explore from festivals and the self-growth especially that we might go through in this short amount of time in these short journeys is something that spills over into our everyday lives and and makes society a better place. And I do think we need more of this in the world. Um, I think it's been really challenging for a lot of us over this past year. We haven't mm. been able to have these portals of expression as much. And there's just something about being around a big group of people and having all of these people mirror back at you the things you love about humans and about co-creation and about the world and that just gives us all hope um so i think we're all really excited for for more of that for creating more hope Mm, yeah i i really agree with that sentiment in that i think it has almost brought to light for a lot of people how important festivals events just being around groups of people are and because it's it's been easy throughout history I guess you know in our lifetime for us to take those things for granted Mm -hmm. and you know we've been kind of forced into a, a world over the past year or so that's very primarily just connection through technology and that's fantastic that that has enabled connection during this period but I think it's also brought to light the importance of just being able to sit in front of somebody or to yeah like you say share in a collective moment where people are dancing together I personally love it when I'm on a dance floor at a festival and I could be right at the back and you just feel like it's a tribe and that everybody is on the same frequency, everyone's in movement and is cohesive together. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, everyone's had that kind of feeling of loss. And for individuals who don't necessarily go to festivals, you know, they may experience it in different ways, whether it's sporting events or family events and different things like that. It's a case of there's something that happens when we're together that mm-hmm. creates magic. And we've mm-hmm. definitely been without it for too long. So... It's fantastic to see, you know, in a lot of places around the world, things are starting to open up um, and hopefully things can get back to some form of normality, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, But I would love to understand, 
Yeah, what have been, with your journey with music and then obviously performing at festivals, what have been some of the other challenges, let's forget about COVID, as if that's never happened, but what have Mm -hmm. been some of the other challenges or areas where you've seen a lot of growth in yourself within that journey? In the context of a festival? Well, yeah, just even in terms of going from pushing away music to then leaning into being, this is actually the thing that lights me up and I need to commit more of my life to that to to feel great. But, you know, I'm sure even when you go all in on something, that's that's probably the hardest bit to overcome, but it doesn't mean that the challenges are necessarily over. Um, You know, life's not easy. So it'd be great just to understand a bit about that journey from yeah going this is for me and I need to commit because that's a big big step to make it's a huge step um yeah I was just you know talking with another fellow musician slash producer friend and um yeah we just had this conversation where it was like it's so funny that people never understand the amount of work and time and energy that goes into like preparing a set or creating a song. Um, and that goes with so many things in life. Like we just, you know, we don't know other people's Mm. journeys, but it's just, you know, it can just be funny in this world sometimes where people will ask you to do something and they think it's like a simple, like, well, could you just like play a set? And it's like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, need some prep for that. (laughs) Weeks of work sometimes depending. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, there's the idea we have of there's like what our soul wants and what our heart wants and what we know we're meant to do. And then sometimes we have to kind of um, fantasize or idealize it so that we actually start to like move towards it. Mm. And I feel like that's very much what happened. It's just like, OK, I know this is what I want to do. I you know, I've, I've been with various bands and played with groups of musicians, but I think the big pivotal moment was when I decided that I want to be able to understand all this myself. I want to be able to create, I want to be able to perform by myself. I want to have that freedom, um, so that I'm not necessarily relying on anyone else as much as I love my collaborators. And when I made that decision, um, and started, learning music production and started getting all the gear and learning about the gear and you know there's always those times where something isn't working like we're just talking about today (laughs) and you don't know why and you have to unplug everything you have to figure it out and then you have to go down rabbit holes on youtube and then you're calling your friends and it's just you know it can be discouraging at times um there's all these moments where you're just yeah you're you're dealing with tech issues and you just want to be creative and make a song and do something fun. Um, and that happens time and time again. So it's just really, you have to really want it, you know? Um, and you also have to be open to understanding that it's going to be a continual process of growth, um, and that it's not going to be a linear path and that it's, it's going to be really challenging and really hard sometimes, you know? And, it, it's been one of the things that has taught me so much about patience, like more than I ever knew I needed to learn about patience and, and perseverance. And I'm super, super grateful for that, for this journey, um, in total. So 
Yeah. And with going into music production, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say it's historically been quite a male-dominated field. Did you find that easy to make the decision to go into um, music production? Were there individuals that you could see and take inspiration from or yeah how did you navigate that landscape and did you face any any barriers or was it really like you mentioned earlier obviously there's been different mentors at different times um Mm. but yeah I'm always intrigued to to understand um especially speaking to women within festival and events landscape whether they've faced any barriers or experienced anything different? Great question. Yeah, <laughs> it it definitely has had its challenges. Um, I think most women would agree that there, at times it feels like there's a lot um, against us in this world of music still. And it's not surprising when we look at the statistics and we look at like the very small percentage of producers that are women um, or non-binary folk and the very small percentage that are even, you know, music musicians or in the music business. Um, And so when I started, I had been working um, on different projects with men at first and some of them were very supportive and, started to kind of teach me some things in Ableton. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. At the same time, it was very frustrating. Um, I, I learn in a different way is what I would actually say, Hmm. because instead of I have a learning disability, um, which is what I was told when I was little that I have attention deficit and that's why things are hard for me. And I've really been able to reframe that. And I believe that we all just learn in different ways. And so for me, I need to see and do and hear and repeat it multiple times in order for me to really integrate things in the learning process. Um, and people aren't always going to be there to hold your hand through that. Uh, even mentors sometimes, So it's just been a process of me learning from others, reading, researching, teaching myself and just trial and error over and over again. Um, And then I would also say that, you know, when I started it, there were so many times I I did want to quit because there's just all this you know, all these people around you, most of them are men, they're like so far in their career. And it just seems like a lot of times they have this, um, confidence that I think a lot of women don't necessarily have, or it takes us a longer time to really step into that confidence. I know that's been true for me and to really like own it. Mm. Um, I think when I speak with women who I just like adore them and they've been, they're just badasses, they're producers, they're creators. They still feel this level of imposter syndrome. And I think sometimes it comes from simply just like, you know, the, the gender difference to some degree. Um, and I think if anything, we can be annoyed by it or we can also use it to inspire us, 
you know, I can look at someone who's doing well in his career and I can be like, yes, awesome. Okay. How can I embody more of that? Why do I not have that confidence? You know, embodying a bit of masculine energy to help maybe drive things. It's healthy. And and just talking about obviously your music, would you like to share a little bit about how you would describe your music and your creations and what you love to share with the world? I'd love to. So I am definitely, um, I would say, a genre fluid musician. I've dabbled with many genres. I just lo- I have such a love for music that I've I've been a part of. Um, you know, reggae world music groups and rock bands and electronic music. And where I'm really sitting right now, um, I think I had a friend come up with like a phrase to describe my music and it's dark sensual. Um, So I'm really embracing this, (laughs) this idea of dark sensual as a genre, like dark, dark sensual electronica. Um, I think some of my greatest influences have really helped me to understand what my genre was and that's kind of the place I'm creating from right now um and then sometimes playing with things that are a little more light and playful but that's just really what is wanting to come through right now and that's how I would describe it. I'm always intrigued has COVID impacted the sort of music that you're producing do you think? Mm. Yeah, I think that a lot of this dark sensual sound was born as a response to just what's been happening in the world. Um, For me, it's definitely a way that I heal is moving and leaning into the darkness and allowing myself to explore it and not being afraid of that. And a lot of times for me, that comes through... um, you know, maybe lyrics, songwriting, it comes through really deep bass or synth sounds. Um, one of my favorite things to just like get weird and sing with like a, a bass, like drone. And um, because it feels really primal and raw and vulnerable all at the same time. And so that's how a lot of my songs were born over this past year is actually just playing some really dirty bass that I found and just letting myself create and and freestyle um and a lot of those songs are actually like just like finished one I think today um that's going to be released soon and so I was just actually reflecting on how did this song come to be and it's like oh yeah I was feeling depressed and getting really weird one day and that's kind of how it started so Mm, because sometimes yeah people can feel a bit scared by shadow work and Mm -hmm. just the reference of darkness or sadness you know people have a tendency to want to avoid it Mm. it's great to explore these things because I kind of do agree that um you know once they're out it's processed whereas Mm. if it's Mm -hmm. not kind of coming out it's sort of lingering inside and and that's when things can bubble up in different ways and you know it can whether it's in the body in the mind or just kind of emotions and things like that In terms of what you're looking to communicate through your music, are there key messages? Is there specific narratives? Are you speaking to a specific type of individual? Mm. I do think there's a lot of um, 
a lot of messages that have been coming through these past few years. Um, quite a few things with exploring, I'd say exploring our full expression and really allowing ourselves, just like we're talking about, like giving ourselves the freedom and allowance to go into these places, to lean into these places that might feel uncomfortable, um, to move through it, to process. Um, and everyone's, you know, path to healing is different and, and making sure that people know that that's okay, um, is definitely a theme in my music. Um, I like to think that my lyrics are empowering, um, I'm really speaking to anyone who's feeling lost or just tender or afraid during this time. I think there's a big message of, you know, a big undertone of, you got this. We're all in this together. And we all ask to be here during this time. Um, you know, <laughs> We're here for so many reasons. And so there's really no need to be afraid. Your soul self wanted to manifest here during this really interesting time in humanity. I think that's one of the biggest underlying themes. Um, and then kind of exploring like the devastation of the world. I think a few of my songs are really about earth activism. Mm -hmm. A lot on my most recent EP, um, and this upcoming one is a lot about embracing our our sensuality um, and how that can look and feel in different ways. Um, my next song, one of my next singles is called Too Much. And it's about just the dichotomy of being a woman. Um, so sometimes I'm too much for you and sometimes I'm just enough for you. And just how we're continually either being told we're too much or not enough. And just, you know, the constant back and forth that we've that all of us at some point have felt and that we've really had to feel. So that's definitely going to be um, one that I just hope holds space for anyone who's ever felt that or is feeling that to just <laughs> like kind of let some like, it's a little bit of a dark rage song and I hope it, you know, holds some space for anyone who's been feeling that. Amazing. And with kind of live performances, do they, yeah, whether that's at an event or a festival, do they provide an opportunity for you to experiment, try things a little differently or, yeah, do they, do you switch things up if you're playing at a festival? Yeah, I do think it holds the space. Um, I think there's already permission when you get to create a live set um, that you can kind of you know, play a role, you can do what you want, you can, you know, you can wear whatever costume you want, you can embody whatever archetype. And with festivals, it feels like there's just this whole other level of permission um, because of how festival culture is. Like, it's very, it's very unlikely that you're not going to be accepted for just being who you are or for just exploring these different parts of yourself. Um, so it feels really fun and really freeing to be able to do that uh, and to have like kind of this built in audience of people who are going to co-create with you and you're going to have this unique experience together um, feels like that is more likely to happen at a festival than, you know, other shows might just be 
playing in San Francisco. Who knows? I mean, it's San Francisco. So yeah, <laughs> um, that could happen here too. I know that you obviously are a musician and you do your electronic music, but you're also a sound healer. Is that something that you take to festivals? Do you incorporate it into your shows or is that something that's quite separate? I do think there is some crossover um, and there has been even more so lately. I have done sound healing at different festivals. Um, yeah, I think that was actually one of the first things I did at a festival years ago. And now there's this big intersection um, between y- utilizing like different unique sounds and instruments um, and fusing them with uh, layers of delay and Ableton and doing live vocals and having some organic instruments that I bring, but also utilizing like binaural beats and and drones. And so I love it because it's really allows for there to be um, a bigger dimension of sound with less instruments sometimes that I have to carry (laughs) to be honest (laughs) um but yeah just there's there's more limitless possibility with sound healing and integrating it with electronic music or Ableton Live um so I'm really really enjoying playing with that and that's a lot of what I'm doing right now um and then yeah sometimes I still just do the the small intimate things with just organic instruments because sometimes it's really nice to to just have that it's like a different different vibe you know it's it's definitely a space um I'm very interested in having just recently Mm. done some studies in in sound healing um Mm -hmm. and I think it's really interesting that I don't know whether it's because it's more in my ether and my awareness, mm-hmm. but there definitely does seem to be a stronger representation of uh, sound healing at the kind of multi-day festivals that I have attended. And whereas I feel like that that didn't necessarily used to be as prominent. And I personally think it's just a really interesting space because I've always loved music and not necessarily a musician as such. Um, but I use different genres of music based on my mood and to change my mood. And that is a form of healing. And I find Mm -hmm. it really interesting that we don't more broadly or a mainstream level see music as healing. It still feels Mm -hmm. like there's this perception that it's quite niche and very, spiritually aligned or sometimes people might say woo woo whatever it may be but I find it super interesting that it's very rare that you come across somebody who doesn't enjoy any form of music whether that's bass classical jazz whatever it could be and yeah I'm I've been like grappling with it in my mind as to why is it not more broadly adopted as this form of therapy because It is used with children and the elderly in more of a clinical sense, shall we say? And that's Mm -hmm. quite widely adopted, but it seems it's, it's not for just, I don't want to say everyday human, but you know, for the (laughs) mainstream or for the masses. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'd love to just, yeah, get your perspective on, yeah, how you think things have changed or where you think this could go in the future in relation Mm -hmm. to sound healing. Cause I, I, I personally think it's a 
a really interesting space. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right that, you know, we're seeing more prevalence of it, um, not just in in festivals now more days, but in mainstream society, um, which I think is exciting and beautiful. And I think we're on the brink of sound playing really important roles in healing because we're just learning more and more about the science of how, you know, it can really support us, especially with all of the stress and our nervous nervous systems on overdrive, um, how it can really put us into that, that a healing state is, is I, I think it's remarkable. And I think we're on the verge of seeing a lot more of this kind of science being released and the mainstream more and more starting to embrace it, um, and utilize it as healing. And I'm seeing a lot more people who I just would have never guessed, Mm. you know, be interested in this kind of thing. And, um, I love that, you know, I, I think it's what we need. Um, I think it's so important at festivals I think we're going to be seeing more of it there too because you know festivals can be hard on the body and depending (laughs) how your festival experience is and what you're ingesting and what you're doing and how much sleep you're getting um, it can just really take its toll so I think even if people don't like they might not know they want it or need it until they're there in that moment and they're feeling how nourishing it can really be to just you know pause like the bass music is great like the deep house is great it's so fun to like get kind of crazy and dance all night long but we can't do that all the time that's not sustainable Mm. so it's really nice to have these sanctuaries um of space where we can just kind of come back to ourselves and allow ourselves to be restored and, and nourished Um, yeah they kind of strike a they strike a beautiful balance of mm -hmm. festivals allowing you to feel super connected to strangers closer connections to your friends um but then also there's always those moments where you're alone at a festival Mm -hmm. and or you're not alone but you become very centered in yourself and you are amassed by people, but right there and then you just feel connected to everyone, but you're an individual. And I think, yeah, you need those grounding moments throughout a festival to keep your energy levels up and also just to have reflection times, especially when it's a multi-day festival. You know, there's so much that happens in a day. You meet so many people, you kind of experience so many emotions and yeah yeah yeah, there's like you know there's a lot of things going on at a festival even when you're kind of taking time out you know someone might sort of like bumble on past and you're laughing a lot of the time so (laughs) I think yeah they're really they're really important spaces at festivals and I'm definitely happy to see them becoming more of a a prominent and sort of permanent feature at the multi-day festivals definitely Yeah. Yeah. One that I was at recently, me and some of my fellow, you know, sound healing Reiki friends, we just had this vision, like what if, you know, festivals, instead of having like all night music that you could dance to, just had all night sound baths Mm. that you could just go like sleep at and have a snuggle puddle and, or maybe have both, right? Because (laughs) yeah, of course you want to have a bit of a party, but you know, yeah. Some nights, maybe like every other night. Yeah. I don't know. We different like stages for we different like things. <laughs> exactly. So we're hoping we can create that uh, 
one of these next ones. We'll see. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, so in terms of festivals, have you always been a performer at festivals? Have you ever kind of done more behind the scenes work? Like what's been your connection to them? Mm. I've definitely gone to quite a few where I just attended, um, you know, maybe taught yoga or offered some sound healing. Um, yeah, I think early on when I started going to festivals, uh, it was more just about allowing myself that freedom to experience. And even though I am a performer now, as we get back into festivals, I am really clear that I want to be able to go to like at least one a year where I don't have any commitments Mm. because I think that's just like one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself. And one lesson that I've taken away is as fun and as amazing as it can be to offer something and to give back. Um, it is always just more work than you think it's going to (laughs) be to some degree. It's like, okay, it's one of those less is more kind of lessons because, you know, festivals, it's more DIY. Um, you know, uh, of course, like depending the level you're at, I'm not a huge artist yet, obviously. So it's more of these smaller stages where, you know, there's maybe some tech things happening or the sound person has just done a lot of acid and you're having trouble communicating with them. <laughs> Definitely have had those experiences. So, um, yeah, it's it's beautiful, but it's also beautiful to just receive sometimes. Yeah, nice. And, and what is the grand ambition obviously you've been chatting to friends recently around bringing more sound healing into festivals which is amazing Mm. but what is there is there an end goal is there a grand ambition is there anything you want to put Mm. out to the universe whilst you've got the mic Mm. (laughs) love that yeah right now um I mean it's kind of just been beautiful and divine timing as much as I want things to reopen and I want to be out there performing and dancing and playing um we're not fully there yet around here um things are starting to limited come back in a limited way and I think that for me feels really good because I'm honestly not ready um to I'm not ready to perform in the way that I want to because I have a really big vision about what the next you know, up level of my performance showcase is. Um, and it's going to involve some different multi-instrumentalists and hopefully some really interesting like stage design or lighting. Um, I have a lot of ideas and so I'm kind of on the brink of, you know, putting these new songs out and then assembling a team to start to put on smaller shows and hopefully do some festivals um, in 2022 where I can showcase what I've been working on and and hopefully have this you know bigger beautiful dream come true that um I've been kind of percolating for a while now Mm, lovely Mm. and with the kind of art side of it and the visuals is that something that is very strongly connected to you because I find you know some artists are very much around creating visuals and that is almost part of the music and it there's kind of almost equal importance yeah how Mm. does art play a part in I guess your process and your performance the aesthetics um 
are really important to me, even though I'm actually not very good at designing the aesthetics, but I can get a vision or I'll have it like a dream come through almost. And I fortunately just have some really amazingly talented friends who are really good with these kind of things. So um, I feel like when that happens and I can explain it to them, it's likely that they'll also be like, okay, I can see it. And so, you know, just trusting that when the timing is right, these things will come together because for me, it, it is about so much of it is about the music and that itself can be an experience. But again, I think sometimes we're creating from the lens of what we like or we want to see and experience. And I know that when there is, you know, a beautiful aesthetic with either light or dancers or, um, yeah, just something unique that pulls you in. It just adds that much to that experience. And so I think that's one of the driving factors for me is that that's what really, you know, turns me on, so to say, when I'm at a show. And that's something that I want to gift to others as well. So oh, Beautiful. Is there anything mm. that um, you would like to see more of at festivals? Like is there, do you feel like there is a lack of that kind of visual art or is there anything else that you've seen experience that you're like oh, I would like to see less of it or I'd like to see more of x I think I mean I think many of us would say I'd still like to see more women on the lineup um I'd like to see more um diversity and yeah I feel like it depends on the festival, but I feel like most are very good at being, you know, not just inclusive demographic wise, but inclusive as to different like ideas mm. and different types of art and allowing there to be spaces for, um, for so much, everything from, you know, serious talks to comedy, which is just another reason I love festivals because this full spectrum of, of things that you can experience and explore in different levels of emotion. So, um, yeah, I think that there are big shifts and changes already happening in the world that we will see reflected in festivals, um, in the future. And so, yeah, I think that's exciting. Mm. Any other wise words or pieces of advice for anybody who might be holding back from leaning into their musicality shall we say mm -hmm. or somebody who's pondering over making their way on the journey of production yeah is there any kind mm -hmm. of key learnings that you could share or some top tips for people mm. I guess I would just say that when I, as I have over the years and as I still do get stuck in my head or in this place of fear or not enoughness or insecurity, you know, I really come back to remembering that it's really our responsibility to share our gifts while we're here, you know, during this short time on earth. Um, it's really yeah, it really comes down to that. That's, that's why we're here, you know, and I think there's a part of us that knows that deep inside. Um, so whatever that is to any of us, sharing our gifts should be our priority. And then also just exploring 
the different parts of ourselves is a path to healing. And so when we're feeling called to do something, it's probably for a reason. It's like our soul self knows that this is something that's going to be integral and important on our path to whatever healing work we're doing, whatever journey we're on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Cause that's just something that kind of helps. It's like a pattern disrupt when mm. I start to get in my head and like, Oh, Oh, that's why you're here. You're like, you don't have time to go over there and wallow in your sorrows. Like, Nope. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would say. Mm, great, great pieces of advice. Yeah. I, I'm definitely with you on that. It's always about catching the thought early or the, the mm-hmm. narrative that's in your head early because there's always going to be those narratives. They're never going to be fully gone. There's always going to be times nope. when you doubt yourself, get a bit scared, but it's being able to just stop and see it and then go, Mm-mm-mm, that's not going to take over. I'm going to lean yep. into this <laughs> and this is, you know, or just knowing what makes you feel good even if it's not mm. exactly like a a talent I'll be like oh what is just one thing like even if sometimes it's like a little treat to myself mm-hmm. or just go and be in some nature for a bit like it's having yeah. those kind of buttons almost that you can press for yourself mm-hmm. to be able to go right this is here I need to flick that switch a bit and massage this area and Mm. lean into it so I think it's it's always good advice for people to hear especially I think in a time like now you know in Australia Mm. we're still in lockdown and Mm. (laughs) and I think it's it's really challenging for people so you it's good for people to hear that you know everyone's not cruising through you have your ups you have your downs but really tune into yourself to work out you know how can you help yourself um Mm -hmm. yeah feel better each day but it's also okay to not feel great every day um but be able to catch yourself and push forward and to and like be your own friend in that way Mm. like how would you treat a friend is always something that I just thought about when you were talking I was like oh yeah because you wouldn't be hard on a friend you know you would want to support them so how can we support ourselves yeah definitely amazing well thank you so much for sharing your journey and your experiences both across sound healing and as a musician and how obviously festivals have played a part in your journey today and hopefully will play a bigger part moving forward is there anything you would like to close out on any final words shout outs or anything No, I will just say I'm really grateful to you and the the podcast is so enjoyable. So just thank you for um, sharing your gifts with the world and doing this and and bringing people together and co-creating and inspired by it. And I'm grateful to be here. Oh, thank you. Well, Mm. I guess my talent is maybe just being able to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, it's much more than that. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you again. Mm. I look forward to... Yeah, following your journey and seeing all that's going to come out musically. Hopefully, you can be hitting stages sooner rather than later. Um, I hope so. Yeah, so thank you. That is a wrap. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into Creative Connectors. Hopefully, you enjoyed the chat. If so, please subscribe, share with friends, support the community, and tune into the next one.